Hey, sports fans, and welcome to episode 21 of State of My Sports, the state of MI Sports. We talk about the teams we love and you love in this great state of Michigan. Stay in touch with us on our social media, State of MI Sports on Instagram and Twitter. Also like our Facebook page of the same name of State of MI Sports. We want to know what you like, what you dislike, what you want in here, and let us know your opinion on all our topics. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you're alerted when a new episode is out. And share us with some friends to help us grow our audience. Episode 21, we're going to talk about the state of our football teams once again. Uh, we'll let you know what we liked and disliked with Michigan State and the Lions game. Uh, we will also preview some upcoming matches for all three of our teams here in the state of Michigan. We're also going to talk some Red Wings and make our weekly picks and do some beer grades. We're ready to go. It's me, Sam Waldhart, and with me today is Kyle Fossey, Ryan Waldhart, and Micah Smith. I'm ready to drink some beer, guys. I'm excited for this episode. Episode 21, I mean... Do you guys have a yes, Mike? Yeah. I know you had a wedding. How'd the wedding go this weekend? Wedding was really fun. Again, a lot of time with friends and family. Uh, we we got to bring the kids along. Got to bring the kids along. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Um, it it was a lot less stressful than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It was it was quite a bit more fun, um, and it was. It was a really good time, honestly. So yeah, it was fun to see the kids out there on the dance floor and, and having a good time together. Yeah, dancing away. So yeah, I got to hang out with Sam at the wedding, so that was a good time. Yeah, yeah. So we had the wedding on Saturday, and then I packed up and brought my three kids and wife to Mackinac. We stayed in Mackinac City, and then we uh, took the ferry boat over to Mackinac Island, which was a good time. It was fun. Just uh, rode our bike around the island a couple times. None of the kids are really that great on bikes, so I still do the carriers. So we have a trailer and then a bike seat. So I'm pulling all three kids. And Andrea's just kind of cruising along <laughs> on her bike because we had to rent hers. That's, that's, that's the way I like it, though. Like, I, I want to be in control. So it's, it kind of yeah, works true. out in my, my favor. But the kids had fun. It was cool. Just them, they loved the bridge, like kind of going over that. And then the, the boat ride as well was, was a highlight. And we stayed at a – a hotel with a water park so they they really loved that as well so it was, it was cool um that was kind of my weekend i just got back today actually. is that the first time they saw the bridge yeah it was yep so it was, it was cool we could see it from our hotel room which was pretty sweet at night it was yeah, all lit fun. up and stuff so um, that is cool yeah that's a good yeah time. it was a lot of fun andrew did a good job planning it so it was, it was a lot of fun it was stressful at times which it is when you're traveling with three kids but always yeah Andrea's thinking she was dealing with four kids when she has to deal with me, but <laughs> when you're um, traveling, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm like kicking my feet, like, no, I don't want to go to. <laughs> I bet he actually was. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know me too well. So this is well, my first ready. beer since the the um the wedding. So I'm gonna start with my beer of the day. I'm I'm drinking the Manistee, which is a New England style IPA from Arvon Brewing. So I'm still on the Arvon train. I bought three or four different flavors um, a few weeks ago, so this will probably be my last last Arvon grade for a bit, unless I, you know, get <laughs> do another one next week. We'll for see. Another Arvon run. Yeah. yeah, I might have to do another one, but another good looking can. So it's uh, New England style. It's my go to. Micah, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Little Wookie IPA from Arvon Brewing Company. No, no, no. Arvon. Oh. <laughs> That's. That's so predictable. Yeah, so we have a relationship. We're starting to build a decent relationship with with the guys at Arvon, and they posted on on the social media when I I said that I was. Which one did I grade last week? What is it called? 
Bushwookie. Bushwookie. And I put that on their their social media. Is that what you call it? Or the, the wall? Oh, you're close. Their Instagram wall. Yeah, and then good. they oh, – um, Oh, boy, butchered. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I shouldn't be explaining this. It's the am... on the Instagram. Yeah, the Instagram. It's just on Instagram. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, they, they, they replied back and said we should test the, the little Wookiee to grade it. So Mike has the honors today. So I'm going to test a little Wookiee. And yeah. so far, it's pretty good. Yeah. Nice. Right, Ryan, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking Blackberry IPA from Perrin Brewing Company. Um, this is the first time I know I know of a few of my good buddies at work are really into this beer. So I'm looking forward to giving it a grade. This is the first time I've had it. So That is a really good beer. Yeah, really tasty so far. I'm looking forward to tonight. <laughs> Kyle, what about you? Did Ryan bring us anything back from Switzerland? You bring you us a chocolate, beer? but I think you ate it all already. I actually have a little bit left. I've been <laughs> snacking on it when my wife doesn't know about it at like night. Like I'll wake up and <laughs> That's like one of the like you hide it between under the mattress. It's like Ryan, what are you getting from under the mattress there? Yeah, it's in my closet. Chocolate. <laughs> in my closet. I'm like, you know, making the the rapper noises over there in the corner. It's like, what are you what are you doing? Or hiding from me. Yeah. <laughs> or it's in the bed post like that movie Heavyweights. Oh, I was just gonna say, I, honestly, it's just good to be home. This is the only weekend I'm home, the full weekend I'm home in, in all of September. So, when do you leave again? I just enjoyed it. Uh, Friday again, I, I leave oh. again. Yep, so I'll be gone all next week, but I don't know. After that, it should I should be around for a while. Sweet, sweet Kyle, what are you drinking? So, since you guys all went Arvon again, I decided I would go Old Nation again. Uh, but I jumped way out of normal. And what I have is called electron Brown. Hmm. It is an espresso bean, double Brown ale. Ooh, that, that sounds, sounds good. Excellent. Ooh. It's kind of a cool, like it's weird. Like, I don't know. I don't know who this you dude know, it, is. It looks like it'd be like an energy drink or something. Like it a did, coffee yes. energy drink. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll give it a shot. I don't know. I'm, I'm not usually a double, double Brown ale guy, but I figured, Hey, We'll give it a we'll give it a spin. We'll see if it's something to write home about. I, I'll yeah, let you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into a full episode of football talk, let, let's talk a little bit about the the Detroit Red Wings. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it, but late last week, maybe it was a Friday. Even it might even been a Friday afternoon dump that they kind of do, but uh, it kind of came out that they're going to do another four A season, which means they're going to have four alternate captains and no. No players wearing the, the the C on their jersey, so um, w- which really just comes down to no Larkin. I mean, I, I feel like everyone knows he's going to be the next captain, but he didn't earn it yet. So you know, from what you listen to, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, he must have had a rough off season. He didn't earn it in the off season." And I think you got to look back at what he did last season, and he didn't earn it then. Um, I think he had a, a very good season, but when the times were tough, his body language was absolutely terrible, and. I think that's very important for a captain to just be slow and steady and just, you never, you're never too high and you're never too low. And he is the exact opposite of that at his age. I think he's maybe 24, 20, 23, 24 years old. So he's young, but I, I think he let the organization down by not really taking a step forward and, and really earning that C Ryan. I, I know you're not really in the hockey game at all, but I mean, leadership in, in sports in general you're familiar with i mean what what is what is 
for, for baseball where you kind of come with, what is a leader's job really? I mean, is it really leading I think, the team? Well, I think a leader is just establishing the, the tone of, I don't know, I guess kind of how hard people work. I feel like that's probably their biggest job is like to, to establish, I guess, the baseline for what's acceptable and what's not acceptable as far as like in the weight room or early morning practices. Like if, if your best player's out there getting in the early work, which I, I hear Larkin does, right? He gets there early. He does mm-hmm. a lot of those things that a leader would do. Um, but like you're, what you're saying, a leader would also be the, the person who the team would turn to in times that are just rough. Personally, I think this is a good move for the organization. I like, like you said, I'm not really a hockey guy, but I think with a rebuilding organization, it's a good move to keep everybody hungry, keep that kind of uh, that fishing, you know, that just the the bait out there for him to go keep working at it and keep going after it. Uh, if it's something that he gets when he's 25, 26, he'll definitely feel like he's earned it, and everybody around him will know that he's earned it too. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a really good point, and you know, kind of what you brought up with the working hard. You know, I've I've coached hockey like younger levels and you expect the the best player and the hardest working player to be the captain. But a lot of times though, especially this day and age with these the way these kids are kind of being raised and I don't want to get into too much about that, but like our best player and hardest working player was also the biggest prick on the ice and the biggest prick to every single player, because he's like, look what I'm doing. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. What are you doing? And I, I'm not saying this is what Larkin does, but that could be part of it too is yeah, he is, he's definitely hands down the hardest working player. He's hands down the first one in last one off the ice pretty much. I mean, that, that's been talked about, but there's a lot more that, that goes to that with a, a, a captain of a hockey team and an organization and being a full face of an organization. Well, and at such a young age, it's hard to do for a whole bunch of grown men around you to, to just be the captain. And then they are supposed to respect you a certain way. I think some of that comes with age too. So if you have a young team, like I said, I think the, the, the A's, which I, I'm not really sure how that works. Like they're all assistants to no captain. Yeah, exactly. But it doesn't, it's like the Dwight Schrute kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> assistant to the, the non-captain. Yeah. Not, I don't know. But still, I mean, I think it's a good thing for them to, to strive for something. Yeah, yeah. They can be in competition with each other to go after that C. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And I, what I like about it is I think it's, it's a very high honor, especially in an original six organization. But I'm glad that they're just not handing it out for the sake of handing it out because they feel like they have to. Especially Stevie Y, right? Yeah. Coming from him, it better mean something big. So yeah. his first year, it probably wouldn't have been a good move to go out there and just throw, and just throw it out there. Throw and it out there, yeah. It puts yeah. a lot of pressure on Larkin. And it's just, there's no rush. There's no rush in this organization to win. There's no rush in this organization to, you know, accelerate the rebuild. So why rush such a covenant position? of a hockey team. I'm personally okay with it. Um, Micah, I, do you have any thoughts on, on the Red Wings going no see this year? I really didn't like it. I don't know how I feel about it still. I just don't understand. I mean, it, it feels like to a certain extent you're putting the other three guys who are, can you name them? Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. I, I should have named that. So Nielsen's going to wear an A. Abdelkader's going to wear an A. And Larkin will wear an A, but uh, Glenn Denning is the new one this year that's also going to wear an A. Um, you can only wear three at a time, so they're going to alternate them as, as they go. Usually um, what they did last year was Nielsen wore an A on the road, Larkin wore an A on, uh, at home. I, I haven't heard the game plan, but I would assume it's going to be like a Nielsen, uh, 
Glendenning type type thing. So one will wear an A at home, one will wear an A on the road. I, I'm not sure, but that, that's the way it kind of works. So sure. I so where I was going with that is is this organization in a sense putting Lark on a, on the same level of leadership as the other three? And if so, it's it's kind of almost embarrassing, isn't it? Well, when everyone is expecting Larkin to really take the reins on it and go, and has kind of been brought down a level to, hey, you know, everyone's everyone here in the leadership room or the group, we're, we're all on the same level. And I, I understand that at that point, Ryan's point comes in where it creates this hunger, this drive for someone to really step forward. And if we're, if we're expecting Larkin to just take it, why don't they just give it to him? I guess, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, I don't think that tells you anything about the organization. I don't think it's a flaw in the organization of not committing. I think it's a flaw in the person that they're all waiting to take that next step in my eyes. I could be wrong, but I feel like they set it up perfectly for him to earn that C last season coming into this season and he didn't do it for whatever it was that they were concerned about. It might be the body language that I brought up. It might just be, he, he's not the consistent voice that this organization needs right now. You know, I, I look at, and I'm sure it's different at the pro level. I played low, low, low level college, not to be like nowhere near this. And the captain's job at that is to be the voice transitioning from the coach's vision to the other players in the, on the team. Like right. you're supposed to translate the coach to them so they can understand it. They can buy in, even though they hate the coach and he's a complete prick and they don't want to listen to him. So they're actually buying into the captain instead of the coach, but they're actually sure. buying into the coach. I would assume that's part of it. I think it's the coach's decision, not necessarily Iserman's. I think Blashell had a lot to do with this and not to mention that Blashell's on a, his last year of his contract. Maybe that has something to do with his, do with it as well that they're not going to let Blash will name a captain before he's out the door eventually. So just another, another part, hmm. another wrinkle, if you will. Okay. Uh, do you think, right. think Blash on his way out? Do you think so? I, I think he's got to earn this job this year. I, yeah. I, I, I think Eisenman's the type of guy that will go into it uh, to give him the full, full chance, like full opportunity. But I think sure. in the long run, Eisenman would rather bring in his guy. And sure. as soon as Eisenman hitches his wagon to this coach, that starts Eisenman's clock. So yeah, it's yeah. generally you see a GM bring in his own coach, but sure. Oh, well, that makes sense. Sure. So, I, I think so it's, what's that? Would it be fair to say that, uh, that Stevie is giving Blashell the benefit of the doubt? I mean, not necessarily just cleaning house, coming in obviously he didn't clean house for the most part I mean he would I I I consider cleaning house getting rid of the head coach and yeah yeah a lot of other positions I think what what Eisenman's doing and I think he's doing well is he's just sitting back and learning this new organization sure and learning the players and not making drastic decisions just because he has the power to um I think he has a vision he's he definitely has a vision with the bait way he brought in you know his own scouting team uh assistant general manager all of that good stuff but he's just kind of, hey, this is your I'm, – I'm new here. And he's comfortable with that. And he's not afraid to admit it, that, hey, I'm going to observe, I'm going to watch. And when I 
when I learn your vision, that, that's when I'm going to make my decision. I'm not going to make the, my decision just because I have the power. You know what I mean? He's got to yeah. get a chance to observe what's going on. Exactly. Because Blasphem yeah, might be the perfect coach for Eiserman, but he doesn't know that yet. Yeah. He doesn't know the ins and outs. He doesn't know the way he runs a locker room. So, Yeah, none, nonetheless, I do agree with you. He is in a year where he has to earn his job. Yeah. And, and honestly, I, I, I could see if there's the slightest bit of hope for Blaschel, let's say three months into the season, then I could see an extension right then and there. So then that gives the players, all right, this is my coach now. You know what I mean? Because last thing you want for your players is to be playing with a guy that they don't truly – believe is going to be there next year right, right. yep um i don't want to get too tough real quick that? is that a tough is that a tough place to be in though you're you're in the middle of a huge rebuild and the and you want the coach to do well to earn his job i'm just asking the question you know in, in hockey not really no I, mm-hmm. I don't think um because a lot of it is fit i mean you see these coaches get canned and rehired and be successful over and over again so sure. They're all used to it. It's kind of – I don't want to say a good good boys club because it, it's not – there is a lot of new blood. Um, but most of these coaches get fired and rehired fairly quick. So they're sure. all kind of used to it. And sure. I mean, look at, look at um, St. Louis last year. They were dead last January 1st. They, they, I think they fired the coach before then, but that was a change that they needed and won the Stanley Cup. So Yeah, no kidding. Uh, That's true. It, it just – it's all so ends and flows. It's so it's so awkward. But I don't know. It is it is what it is, I guess, right? Yep. yep. So let's jump into the Detroit Lions. Uh, they played a real game, unlike the Red Wings are playing preseason hockey, which any hockey is good hockey in my eyes. But Week three, undefeated. Week three, Lions are going in. They're undefeated. 1-0-1, one of ten teams that haven't lost a game. That's hey, – <laughs> That's <laughs> dang a banner. <laughs> Put it up and forked out dolphins. <laughs> so let's just do a quick little recap of what, what happened. So um Lions were home underdogs. They beat the injury filled LA Chargers 13 to 10 on a classic big sleigh. Big play sleigh game saving interception in the end zone. Uh Stafford went 22 of 30. For 245 yards, two touchdowns, but also had two interceptions. Galladay was the mismatch we were talking about last week. Um, and he had eight catches on 10 targets for 117 yards and a touchdown. Prater missed a field goal from 40 and an extra point, only P- only to be outdone by the Chargers punter who had to end up kicking – was at, ended up kicking their field goals. He missed two field goals as well. So that was kind of a big story. Chargers actually outgained um, – the, the Lions, two, 424 to 339, but the Lions really just outmatched them with takeaways in, in very clutch situations. Um, we'll get into that a little bit, but, you know, like I said, with the store, with the interception, but also the Giovanni Tavai punch out at the goal line. I don't know if you guys saw that, but of Eckler. I mean, that was yeah. absolutely massive. It was awesome. That was really the, the key. I, 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 you know, you sit and you watch that game and you look at the numbers and you're like, how in the world the Lions – win that game it wasn't pretty it wasn't exciting you know I was I thought they would win this game on offense I really truly did that was the exact opposite it it came down to those plays and in clutch situations mm-hmm. yeah I, I I don't know I, I feel like everything I've heard about this game is the Lions have been getting 
torched on the radio, on, on social media, whatever it is. Everybody's like almost mad that they won the game. Like they didn't like the way they played, but, but I mean, you look at the final score. They they gave them ten points. You know, they they only scored ten points. The Chargers, That's impressive. A Super Bowl, they have Super Bowl aspirations. That team is a good. Team. I don't care how many injuries they have; they're a good team. So maybe they should have had sixteen points instead of ten. You know, that yeah. if you would have told me before the week started that we would hold the Chargers sixteen, I would have taken it every single time. Mm-hmm. And they and and they were held to ten because two missed field goals. Um. I, I don't know. I'm pretty encouraged about what I saw. Because it's timely, right? Like, I mean, the defense isn't – I don't think they're there yet. They're not putting the pressure on that that I think we all expected. They're not – What, the defensive line? Yeah, the defensive line. But yeah. just the defense in general, it, it's very – what's the word? Like, boring. It's not the Chicago Bears. They're not the ones that are just – Yeah, it's not underwhelming. Flashy. Thank you. It's not flashy, and, and it's really not – that good all the time. Slay didn't Slay didn't even play well. I know he had the interception, but he didn't look that good. Yeah. Well, I mean, coming into this game, I think I saw that he only allowed one reception in, in the first game. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> so, yeah, like for like the six, first one. six yards yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, you're right. And it, I mean, but that pick was absolutely huge. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I hate. The big play slay. Like, I, I hate that. I, I hate, love it. I hate when they're about themselves. <laughs> I, love, I don't know why. I don't know why. As, a corner, as a cornerback, I love it. Like, have that attitude. Like, you're going to go out there and just do something crazy at the end of the game. I love it. Yeah, and look, he completely earned that because that was an unbelievable pick. I mean, the way he came across the field and made that – and still got his knees in balance, held onto the ball. Jeez. Look, I'm actually, I'm actually on the other side of the whole Darius Slay didn't have that good of a game. I know. Okay, so he had three – he had three penalties against him. They were pretty big penalties. More, I guess that's more what I'm referencing. Yeah, holding calls, I think. But, right? but the one in the end zone, to me, there's no way that's, that's a penalty. The one in the end zone that brought the Chargers to the one where they scored their touchdown, the only touchdown they scored, that, that penalty was bullcrap. There's no way there's defensive pass interference on that. I, I don't know. I, I would yeah, watch I, that. I would have to defer. I was actually listening, so I didn't, I, I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, no, there's no way. And, they, and nobody on TV defended it at all. They were just like, oh, not a whole lot there. And I hate when they do that because they're not going to call out the refs. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think that was it. And then, and then in the end, he was facing an all-pro wide receiver who all he did was just go underneath routes the whole time. Yeah. He kept him in front of him the entire game. He had, what, eight catches for 90-something yards? 98 yards, which – Again, Slay, if he didn't look very good and you're going to say your bad game, you're giving up to an all-pro wide receiver, eight catches, 98 yards, no touchdowns, I would yeah. take it. And I would keep take him it in every front time. of you, like no big play, Yeah, you know, deep. Well, the one play that they right? tried to go deep was the one he picked off in the end zone. Wow. So, I, I don't know. That's the way I see it. I think everything was, you know, either to the sideline, immediately out of bounds. There was no big play ability for, um, you know – for Keenan Allen on that, really at for, for Philip Rivers in general, like that's his his mantra. Like he catches you sleeping, he goes deep when you're not ready, and oh, because think, the rest of the game he just picks you apart with the quick yeah throws, you know. And then, yeah, I think for me it was the penalties and the amount of first downs that he gave up. Yeah, yeah. he gave up some first downs for sure. And I'm not saying he played a good game. I'm just saying right, for yeah. for a bad game, I would take it every time because <laughs> oh, no doubt about that, nothing yeah. was beat over his head. And yep. he's, he was still there. I mean, he still had, like, three pass deflections, so he was in there. And Keenan Allen was targeted 15 times in this game, and he came away with eight catches. Wow. So that, that tells you that they just yeah. were peppering it to him True. the whole game. 
And it was a competitive game. And for me, I think that's what I ended up saying last week. It's the key to the game was to just be competitive the whole time. Yeah. And they were, and then they were the ones that, that made the big plays. I mean, yeah. the the third down was it third. Yeah. Third down to, to ice the game. Yeah. Everybody's expecting a run. Awesome. No, nope, we're throwing the ball and they got the first down. Like that's the balls he calls that these lions have never done. Most time they're just run that play kick the ball and pray that they don't get in field goal range. Yeah. That's generally what they do. And generally it's not the Lions making those big plays in the end zone to, to you know, switch the game that quick because yeah. Rivers was looking to score a touchdown and they mm-hmm. just they just they changed it up. And that was yeah, I feel, very exciting. I feel like we should talk about that more, the coaching staff, because this game was exactly what everybody wanted from the last game where they kept being aggressive and yeah. going for – trusting Stafford in those big moments. I mean, last week we had Stafford screaming at them, trust me, trust me. And this week they went on a fourth down and they trusted Stafford. He made the big throw. And then to ice the game, they trusted Stafford again and he made the big throw for a third down conversion. Yeah. And it's not like Stafford had that great of a game. I mean, what did I say? Was it, uh, I mean, 22 of 30 is, it's actually pretty darn good. 245 yards doesn't, it doesn't like stand out to you. But the two interceptions makes you a little question. Now, I again, I listened to the game, so I didn't see the interceptions. Right? Did Did you happen to see those? Yeah, they were kind of jump ball. He threw okay. one. One was a pretty bad mistake uh, over the middle to I believe it was Marvin Jones trying to go deep. He threw it over. There were two guys on him. Safety came up with it. They had no chance. That was kind of a, a bad mistake. But he, I mean, I don't mind what he was doing. He was also trusting his big play threat down the field to make a play for him. He just made a bad throw and made a bad decision. You know, Aaron Rodgers does that too. Yeah. yeah so I'm, I'm not that worried about it. The other one was he tossed it in the end zone. He was looking for a big play, and I, I honestly don't really care about that one either. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't take away from a big-time drive. They might have been moving the ball at the time, but it was still something that I was okay with. Now, okay, now I'm remembering the interception in the end zone on the radio. They almost made it sound like that there was like, it was like a 50-50 ball that it was. it was offensive pass interference, but it just as easily could have been defensive pass interference as well. Is that mm. – I mean, pretty, it was Lions radio. It was, so. it was pretty clearly offensive was pass it? interference. Okay. Right. But when he threw it, though, that's what I mean. It was a good ball. Like, he threw it up. It was a 50-50 ball at that point. The, the cornerback made a really good play on it. He turned. He went up with it. And actually, our, our wide receiver – was it Galladay on that one or was it Jones on that too? I don't remember. But either way, our wide receiver spiked the ball down. Like, he hit it out of midair, and he still okay. somehow caught it with one hand. It was huh. it was a pretty good play. Yeah, and, you, you know, it's funny because as soon as you said Marvin Jones, I was like, holy smokes, I don't remember hearing his name once. So, And I even looked, it was looking up some numbers. And, I mean, he had five catches for 42 yards, but it sounds like those weren't in very big situations. Yeah, kind of just uh, – well, that was kind of the theme of – a lot of the weapons, I think, well, with Hawkinson, yeah. Amendola didn't even get a target. I don't, I don't remember a target at yeah, least. Yeah, he definitely didn't have a catch, which is way different from, from the but game I, before. But I feel like we'll probably bring him up in a little bit, talking about special teams. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was right on my list. All right, so what did you have? Should we go into that? Yeah, let's, so that, let's, yeah, let's talk about a couple of things that we noticed. So Agnew, right? That's, Agnew. Is that what you're going to bring up? Oh, yeah, I'm completely done with him. Yeah. I was last week. <laughs> Lions are now. Everyone else is now. Like he's done. Yep. Doing punts. I now I didn't notice it. Was he in for kick returns after that? I don't think he was. Okay. 
I don't think he was from the beginning of the game. Now, not that I'm remembering – just trying to go off of memory. I don't remember a kick return coming out of the end zone, though. Okay. No, that, that's interesting. Because, so, if you guys missed it, but Agnew, in a pretty crucial part of the game – I want to say it was second quarter. That doesn't matter. But a punt, and he fumbled it on a return. I think he started to run it back, and he fumbled it. Yep. And it turns out that there was a flag on both sides – so they had to redo the down. Agnew was out of there right then and there. Like, yep. they, they brought in Amendola, and he was the punt returner. So. And he actually did something. He did. He, did. Yeah. he got a little spark. Yeah, he had a good, maybe good return. Agnew, Agnew hasn't done anything all yeah. year. So that was that's definitely something to look at. And special teams in general, I think, is, is something to look at because Prater didn't look good. I trust him. I know he's going to come back and hit a, a massive kick probably 66 yards next week, but um, it's just the way he goes. He misses a couple and then all of a sudden figures it out. So I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about Sam Martin. I, again, I, I think I brought him up last week too. He's a, he's a good punter. He had four, I think, inside 20, which is exactly what you want from your punter. Um, or sorry, two inside 24 total. But, you know, just the overall feel of that game, it just, it felt good that, they were in it. They were competitive and they sealed the deal and they got a massive one. They stole that game from a better football team, a football team that has, you know, higher hopes and bigger dreams for the season and their division in general. And that's the type of game you got to see from this team. Yes. It's what we're not really used to. Yeah. It's a good surprise. It's one of those is a really bizarre game. I mean, it's not like the chargers played well, the Lions didn't play well and somehow the score was 13 to 10. That doesn't make any sense how, the, how and it got there in the end. But I, I loved the pass to Galladay at the end. Stafford just threading the needle. That was an awesome – that was an awesome throw. And, yeah. and we needed it. We had nothing going for us at that point. It didn't feel like we could move the ball down the field. And he came up with that big throw. Yeah. And I think that is the key to this team is, is Stafford, which big surprise, right? Like everybody knew that coming in. You know, we all thought this defense was going to be top 10 at the least, right? I, I, it'd be interesting to see where they rank. I, I don't think it would be that high because I think they've given up quite a bit of yards. But, <clears throat> I mean, Stafford looks very, very good. Yeah, he looks pretty polished He looks right in now. control of this offense. And, you know, I, I really like what Bevel's bringing to the, to the play call. You know, one, one thing that we didn't bring up that I'm still not happy with is this: there's still no running game. That's very concerning. In my eyes. One thing that I liked, though, was it seemed like they were pulling some strength. Like, even the touchdown to carry on was a little screen pass. It was a great play. It was play. a great play call. That Unbelievable was, That play was an call. awesome play call. But they, they keep – they're using that to be their running game, right? Yeah. And I think that's key for this team. If you're not going to win it up front when you have all these injuries at, uh, on the offensive line, you're missing your left tackle, um, you know, that's what you got to do. You got to get creative. Yeah. And I think Bevel's done a great job. And you know what? Carry on early on in the game, he extended some drives and got some first downs when there was nothing there. Yeah. So even though the stat line looks a certain way, he was still spinning out of the backfield and getting some yards and making something out of nothing. Yeah. He's, he's, I think he had, he close. actually, he had a good game. I yeah. think he did. I, I know the yards again were not there. The, the average wasn't bad. It was close to four, I believe, if I'm remembering right. Yeah, um, yep, I think it was one, four, two. And then after his touchdown, he had another opportunity for a big play out of the backfield. And Sorry, he, three, four. He dropped one that was, like, right in his stomach. It was an awesome throw. Could have been a huge play. 
he had a bunch of uh, room to run downfield, but he, he dropped it. So, yeah. I, I mean, but that's what I mean. If he would have caught that one right there, then there's another big play. He probably would have stacked it up on the stat sheet. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's a different feel. It feels like this team's close to exploding in a lot of ways. Cause you know, a play like you just mentioned there, um, you also have other drops by, by wide receivers that don't usually drop the ball. Yep. You haven't seen him and or, uh, Marvin Jones really explode yet, which he has the capability of doing. If this team can get a run game, which I don't know if you guys saw this, but they uh, dropped CJ Anderson or they waved him today. Yeah. And uh, that was surprising. Wasn't yeah. It? And picked up Perkins from the giants. Okay, doesn't, you know, doesn't I think, do a whole lot for me. I think the reason they could do that is because Ty Johnson has looked really good yes. so far. He has looked very I, good. I actually, I really like when he's on the field. I would rather him him be on the field than C.J. Anderson. Yeah, I agree. So I think it was a good move. Do it early, uh, move on. I guess. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier about wondering about total defense so far. Yeah. Top four teams are New England, Baltimore, Atlanta, and Chicago. Okay, sounds about right. But look at the teams they played. <laughs> Right, yeah. it hasn't been hasn't been pretty, um, but I mean those are good defenses, so there's no no question in that. Um, the, curiosity: Were the Lions on? Like, was that the full list? What are they like? Maybe twenty. Uh, Detroit is twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. See, that, yeah. Who would have thought that the undefeated team would be twenty-seventh overall defense with? Yeah. You know, those are just yards. Yeah, exactly. But it's still, I expected it to be a little bit more polished early on a little bit more pressure a little bit more big plays and and stopping stopping teams not necessarily waiting for the lucky I don't want to call it lucky because they're good plays but the breaks and that's what they've they've bet on in these first few games is they've gotten the breaks on defense yeah they've created their own breaks which is great but you can't rely on those all season long you got to eventually stuff the run game which I think they've done decent but get more pressure on the quarterback that's what I want to see yeah they but but that's what Philip Rivers does though. He gets he gets rid of the ball within two seconds. Even if even the plays where we had a free run on him, which we did. We had some plays where there we had a free run or we were blitzing and it was there. He's throwing the ball so fast. He's getting it out of his hands so fast that we're not even it's not even counting as a hurry or a pressure. Yeah. It's just what he does. I think I think some of these stats are just overblown. Like we're thinking too much about it. When you look at the game, they move the ball sometimes, but we give up ten points. Yeah. And again, yeah, even if right. even if we gave up 16 points, because if they made both those field goals, we would love to hold the Chargers 16 points. Yeah, if we give them all the points they should have had with another touchdown on top of that, 23 points isn't that bad against the Chargers. I mean, that's a really good point when you look at it. That but way. in the end, and, it was 10. And know? that's that's really what I and I feel bad that I, I'm going going more off of what I heard on the radio and then the stats. Where when I when I sit and watch a game, I can feel what's happening. And I can feel the pressure even when, when it doesn't show up on the stat sheet that, that you're kind of talking about and the way the game's playing. And that's something that I'm definitely going to be missing on this podcast with, with the talk in the Lions because I didn't get that feel. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't – you know what I mean? It, se- it seemed to me – it seemed like just to throw out some, some key things that I feel like makes me feel pretty good about the defense is Devin Kennard looks really good still. He looks like – a good playmaker edge rusher guy that can get to the quarterback. Okwara had a few plays where he was bull rushing the offensive lineman and he was just going through him. Like he wasn't even going around him at all. He was just going right through him. I thought that was good. Snacks Harrison and Daniels so far have not shown up. 
yeah. they, they haven't shown up yet, but I don't, I'm not worried about them. Those are the pros where it's like their job isn't to show up every single game and, and put, you know, get a sack or two sacks or three sacks. They're supposed to just fill gaps. And I think in the long run, they're good enough pros. We've seen it for a lot of years. They're good enough pros. They're going to do that. So I think that's part of who they are. So I, I'm not worried about that that much. And then also Jelani Tavai has been the best surprise of this <laughs> defense. I mean, it makes, it makes the Lions look like geniuses picking him up in the second round when everybody thought it was a reach because this dude looks like a wrecking ball. He looks – He's in every place. He's, he's, he's flying like, around the field. And, and, he's, then, and he's huge. He looks huge out there, doesn't he? He looks yeah. like a beast, like a yeah. man. But that, the, when he thought to punch that ball out, yeah. that's a veteran move yeah. by a rookie. It's a huge play. <laughs> we needed it, and he came through for us. Oh. And that's what we were talking about as the key – to the start of the season with this difficult schedule and Jared Davis being out early yeah. is we needed somebody to, to step up and it had to be him. Yeah. And he has, he has, I think he's looked like a rookie a couple plays, but at the same time, yeah, here and he's there. allowed to, he's more than welcome to do that. But again, he's making, he he's making the plays when they're, yeah. when they're big plays. Yeah. So let's, let's, I, sorry, go ahead. I wanted to touch on one player that everyone keeps overlooking is Tracy Walker. Huge. He's been awesome. Overlooked in the first game, overlooked in this game. He's like, yes. What did he do? Led the team in tackles again. Yeah. You know what? You know what it seems like with our safeties, with Walker that you're talking to and Quandre Diggs? It seems like they're, I don't know, they're almost freed up to be super aggressive right now. Like we saw them the whole game in the backfield. And they were helping with run support. And they were, they were disruptive all over the field. I love when safeties can just do that when they're allowed to roam free and do whatever yeah. they want and be yeah. everywhere. And although he led the team in tackles, guess who was second on the list? Was it Tavai? Yep. Yeah. You know, another another name that, that comes to mind is Justin Coleman. You haven't heard him mentioned much because he's a slot corner that has absolutely been shutting down these wide receivers. I just looked and he had zero tackles, which means he allowed – Zero catches more times than not, right? Yeah, he had a good game. He had a very good game, but just by not being on the score sheet. Yes. I mean, that, that's exactly what you want to see. And when you have big play slay on one side, Justin Coleman on the other, that makes me think. So, uh, before we transition, transition, what do you guys think about Jalen Ramsey? Do you want the Lions to be aggressive and go out and trade for this guy? And then you have two shutdown corners – Justin know. Coleman, like, I don't know how I feel about it. I just – You don't know how you feel? I don't know. I don't, I don't feel I'm, good about it. I don't want to go get somebody to mess up a locker room. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. Like, I'm scared. Yeah. I'm scared to do it and then regret it. But if they did it, I'd be like, oh, here we go. And I'd be so excited. It'd be probably a sixth to midnight situation. Man, I was like, have to be. No, yeah. no, no. Yep. Okay, here we go. We're ready to go. <laughs> Like, it would be an all-in move that this organization has never, ever done. So and it would just – So would you be okay with an all-in move giving a first-round pick for him? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not yet. <laughs> Win next week and I'm all on. Yeah. <laughs> then I'd say do it all. Sell all the next five draft first-round draft picks for something. Like, I don't care. I want, I want this season. I want it. So, well, let's, let's talk about next week before we, before we move on from the Lions. So uh, they're playing against the 1-1 Eagles. The Eagles, have, they beat the Redskins week one, 32-27. Uh, 
and lost to the Falcons 24-20 to in Week 2. Um, coming into the season, I, I didn't think there was a chance the Lions would win this game. I thought the Eagles would be hands down a better team. But then I watched the Eagles last week, or week two, and they didn't do anything that makes me like, oh, they're unbeatable. I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch that game, but, I mean, losing to the Falcons, who looked like a complete disaster and in week one, it's – look, I'm not saying the Lions are going to go in and win that game. I'm not. But I'm not saying they're not going to either. I think – for me, I feel like our defense lines up really well against their playmakers on offense. I'm not scared of Alshon Jeffrey. Deshaun Jackson is out. Deshaun Jackson is out? Yes. He's out for three to four weeks. So I'm definitely not scared of their playmakers. I'm just not. I don't think – I think we can I think we can run with them. Six to midnight. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> no, uh, it's, it's possible. Like, it's hard going into Philly and winning. It is. And – we're idiot, cool. idiot lion fans sitting here like, well, is anything's possible. But the fans listening, you guys need to believe that it is possible. If you want this team to be successful, these are the games that you go out and win when you're not expected to win. They're a seven-point dog right now. Yeah, I don't think that's fair. That's not fair at all. The way that these I get this it. defense has, has shown, like I, I feel like it's just – People looking at the numbers like me. Have <laughs> has anybody else heard that um, Jared Davis is supposed to play next week too? I haven't heard. I I read something today which came out two hours before this that said that he was there's a possibility he's playing. Yeah, he wasn't limited in a couple games last week, so I think he was more questionable, like or in, in a couple practices. So, so they didn't limit him in a couple practices, and then he didn't play. So I'm so assuming. This, yeah, this week we might get our first taste of Tavai and oh, Jared Davis running free as linebackers. That back would there. be awesome. So I, I looked at, you know, just I, I did watch the, the Eagles-Falcons game, but I, I wanted to look up some numbers um, for, for, the, for just the, the season so far when it's easy to look back at a couple games. So Eagles week one, they allowed Case Keenum to go 30 of 44 for 380 yards and three touchdowns. A rookie wide receiver, Terry McLaren, had 125 yards. Look, I'll take Stafford over Case Keenum any day. I'll take Galladay and Jones and Mandola over a rookie wide receiver out of Ohio State any day, but that is coming from a Michigan fan, so (laughs) of course I'm going to say that. Uh, Also, Vernon Davis, who's a tight end, three receptions for 29 yards against that defense in week one. I I feel like this – just looking at that. So, actually, I'll just move into the next week. Matt Ryan went 27 of 43 for 320 yards, three touchdowns, and three interceptions. The Lions will have to win this game through the air, based on what we're seeing here, right? Uh, they, this Eagles defense is a complete shutdown. Like, they don't allow any rushing yards is from what it looked like. So, this is where it's going to come down to. is is Can Stafford use his weapons? Can they expose one of these – weapons against this defense right I mean it yeah what is that fair I I think that's fair and what I like so far with the first two weeks okay it's not like the the Lions offense has just exploded yet or had the best game they did look really good week one in the first first half half. yeah first half for sure but what you saw in week one is we saw Amendola have a good game we saw Hawkinson go nuts and have a great game yep and those were our two biggest weapons through the air in week one. What did we see in week two? 
We saw Galladay get going. He had a great game. Mm-hmm. We saw uh, Carryon Johnson have have a really good first half, and we saw um, who else? My oh, and Jesse James came up with some really good third down plays in there. Yeah. So so far, we've seen kind of all of them kind of contribute in their own way, and I like I don't know I like where that's at. I like how Stafford has so far shown trust in pretty much <clears throat> all of his weapons across the board. And it's not something that they can just go into and say, shut down Galladay, it's done, game over. Or yeah. shut down Carrion, we're going to win the game. Yeah, so let's jump over to the other side of the ball. I mean, with Deshaun Jackson out, Eagles will not have the weapons that they're used to. Carson Wentz, I'm not sold on that guy yet, especially from when I watched week two against the Falcons. I, I don't see it yet. I mean, have you watched him – like? I, I feel like he's like everybody's obsessed with this guy because of what he did two years ago for half a season and, and was like an MVP candidate and all that stuff. And that was really good. But there is film on him now. And that changes things very quickly. They also had the best offensive line in football at that point. Yeah. And they don't have that anymore. Yeah. So I, you I get know. exposed quickly without an O line. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. Did you see that throw he made while he was getting tackled, though? That was pretty sweet. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not, I, just that throw. I mean, that was, that was something. And yeah. he, I mean, that, that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to contain him and yeah. make sure that he can't do that kind of stuff. And the, the pressure is yeah. going to be very important because if you give – this is kind of like a thing in hockey. You give any bad player time and space, he will make a pass. The worst player on the ice will be able to make a pass. If you give a quarterback time, he will make you look stupid. Mm-hmm. very quickly. So that's where it's going to come down. It's going to come down the front four, and it's going to come down to our wide receivers, tight ends, offensive weapons in general, <laughs> making plays for staff. Offensive line, left left tackle again. Because, I mean, Tyrell Crosby had a great game against he did Joey, look good. Joey Bosa. And that, that was another thing that I, I really liked was the way that Bevel designed to protect, protect him a little bit. They brought tight ends over there. They put the running back over there. They – Helped him out a ton. And maybe when Decker gets healthy, that's who you should be helping out a little bit more. I'm not saying he's bad, but why are you not helping out the most important part of your offensive line? Well, he, he made an adjustment. Bad. What's yeah. that? He made an adjustment, yeah. And yeah, he, and, that, and, and that's what I meant with Bevel. Is like yeah. That was a very – It was a good adjustment. It was a great adjustment. And, and we don't know if Taylor Decker was 100% game one because no, yeah. he didn't play like he normally would. And so I, I, think Buckeye. It, I feel yeah. like it's <laughs> – yeah, I think it's, it's, fair to say, it's fair to say that he could have been trying to play through something week one and it, and it showed up in the results. Yep. So, I mean, that's the best we can do for <clears throat> analyzing the, the previewing that game. I think it's really going to come down to those two things. I like our coaching staff. I really do. I like the adjustments they made from week one to week two. I know it wasn't the prettiest of football, but I think if a win is a win, if they game plan the way that they did for the Chargers, they will go in and be in the game. They will compete with the Eagles, and it'll come down to a field goal. I, I and I think the again the first quarter is so important with this. Let's let's just compete first quarter. Let's not get down super big early because then we become predictable they become predictable and it just i don't i wouldn't feel good about that yeah i don't think we're good enough i don't think we're so much better than the eagles that we could just afford to be down early yeah we definitely cannot show up and win 
like another one of our teams thought they could do. The Michigan State Spartans is what I was getting at. And Uh-oh. Versus Arizona State. Let's get into what we saw about that game. Kyle's trying to hide behind some flowers and sunglasses. He's, get a picture of that, Micah. That's too good. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> he's, he's not here. Kyle is missing an action. Kyle's gone. Yeah, Kyle's gone. Adrian's filling in. For... <laughs> Come on out, Sparty. You can talk. So in case you all missed it, MSU lost 10-7 to on a last-second potential game-time field goal from 47 yards after Coughlin. Coughlin or Coughlin? Coughlin. Coughlin. He made it from 42 before MSU was flagged for a 12-men-on-the-field penalty. Lewerke was 24 of 38 for 291 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Elijah Collins, again, was one of the only bright spots with 72 yards on 19 carries, one touchdown. Darrell Stewart was also a bright spot as well with nine receptions, 121 yards. MSU had 23 first downs to 14 for Arizona State. There were 19 of 17 on third down, totaling 404 yards to 216 yards. Kyle. Yeah. The numbers say MSU won and won big. What in the I don't, world happened, dude? You, you got to put the ball in the end zone. You got to – yeah. I, uh, uh. yeah. <laughs> I mean, That's the only way to describe that. Cough, so, Coughlin, 0 for 3 on field goals. He missed 2 from 47 and 1 from 31. That is obviously on paper the difference. But why in the world is this offense stalling? I don't know. Well, it and, makes and, no sense. It's the weirdest kind of stall. Like that's a that's that's respectable yards. Yes. That's like four hundred and what four yards. Yeah. And and, and seven uh, points to show for it. Yeah. That's you flat can't. out embarrassing. Like I know I'm a Michigan fan, and I know I'm going to sound. That's embarrassing. There is a massive, massive problem with that. And Michigan yeah. State should be embarrassed to lose in this game. They absolutely Listen. should be. The defense played. Outstanding. Yes. Yeah. As the always. offense played good enough. What is the difference here? Coaching. They're not creative. They're not. They're not adjusting. What is going on with this? How in the world do you have a senior quarterback stalling in the red zone, stalling before he even gets to the red zone? I can't tell. Is he? Who's he yelling at right now? I'm just. I'm all of us frustrated. All the the I'm microphone. Hoping, I'm hoping the louder I get, someone will come in and be able to answer me. Here, I, I, I can't really scared. answer you, but I can point out that they crossed that 50 yard line seven times and they came up with seven points. So they got one point for every time they crossed one, the 50 yard line. But I don't know how you do that. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seven more times than they did it. against Alabama. Just, <laughs> just cross it a little more. Yeah. You're good. No, sorry. I I was I did not know that was coming, but I am not happy with that. In no. I'm not no one else is. I'm not invested in yeah, this. Nobody game. is. <laughs> but I'm I'm sitting here as a Michigan fan saying to state fans, you guys should be absolutely pissed off about that performance. There is no reason you should lose that game to Arizona State. Back-to-back years, you should have been ready for that game. And there should have been adjustments. And there was 
I, I was reading an article and I wish I knew what it was and I knew, wish I had the quotes right, but there was an Arizona State player that said, we were prepared because we watched last year's film. That is a problem for Michigan State because we knew that they didn't make adjustments in this coaching staff. They didn't adjust the offensive game plan. They didn't adjust anything. They just reshuffled the deck, and that is what bit them in the butt this week because they were running the exact same plays that they were running last year. And State fans should not be okay with that. Somebody's yeah. head needs to roll for that type of play. It's almost like the coaching is relying on the defense because they know their defense is so good, and the offense couldn't make it happen. Yeah. They just could not convert to save their life. And I, I, and I think Micah's, Micah's on. That's They do. They, they rely so heavily on that defense, but the, the bottom line is you have to score. You still have to score more points than the other team. Yeah, like you, no matter how, like your defense holds them to seven, ten, three, whatever it is, that's outstanding. But you can't rest on your laurels and just do nothing about trying to score points. Like you have to try to score points. That's the point of the game. Yeah, I think the coaching. I think the coaching. Unintended. The coaching yeah. decisions were absolutely terrible. You had ten penalties for ninety-one yards. That was the that was the story of the game. That is. Awful. You are in control of this game. Do not do stupid man. plays. The 12 men on the field is embarrassing. So, so that, that's one thing I was going to bring up was clock management. So he wasted all of his timeouts on the defensive side of the ball. And then when, when they're going down to kick this, this game-time field goal, the reason why you had 12 men on the field was because you hesitated, D'Antonio. It is your fault that there was 12 men on the field because you hesitated. They didn't know. Your team didn't know what the heck was going on. You had the worky looking in the sidelines like, what are we doing? Nobody knew. Get control of your sideline. Get control of your coaches or get new ones. He put a play in. He put – offensive coordinator put a play in to run. That's why the offense stayed out there like that. And then D'Antonio pulled it back and said, no, 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 we're kicking. So that's also a guarantee. That's why there was 12 men on the field too. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot to do with it. And I think about that. I saw that too, and I'm like I – th- I thought of Stafford yelling, trust me, trust me, trust exactly. me. Exactly. Yeah. That was like, the first thing why are you, Why are you trying to veto – with the let him run his offense. Yeah. yeah, eleven seconds is plenty to run a short play to get ten Absolutely. more yards, and they yes. go and spike the ball. Exactly, yes. but you shouldn't have even been in that situation because you should have managed the clock right and had a timeout left in that crucial yeah. situation. You're right. They should have. They should have had a timeout. They called, and two, with all those they called yards, two timeouts. They called two timeouts on a fourth down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. For being a Michigan fan, he seems to care a lot. I do care. He's caring because more. I care about this this Big Ten. I care about the state of yeah. Michigan. I'm not it's, happy about it. It's it's bad football and a bad representation. It is, yeah, it was a bad week for Big Ten overall. It was a big. It was a very bad week for Big Ten. Penn State struggled against Pitt. They got lucky. Uh, Maryland lost Maryland as well. Lost. So Kyle's just like, hey, did anybody else lose? Let's keep talking about them. Yeah. Yeah. Who else? Oh. I think else <laughs> you know for for Lewerke, I those, uh... <laughs> Again, with this team, Lewerke will always be the key because the defense shows up every single week, and that's what this team needs to do. That's what this coaching staff needs to do. They need to get out of the way of the talent that they have. Lewerke has shown that he can do it. He can, yes. He can. And if you're not going to trust him to do it, then find someone else that you do trust. Because guess what? Lewerke is gone next year. And one of these other guys that are sitting on your bench that aren't better than Lewerke are supposed to be running this program. So make a decision of what this point in a direction. And that's why another thing that – I think it's scary for this Michigan State team in general, like moving forward, is they don't have a vision after this year. They don't have any talent. 
They don't have a quarterback. They might not have a coach because I could see D'Antonio retiring for after this debacle, what's going on. Kyle, do you have – like, how are you feeling right now? I, I feel like I'm more mad than you, which is fair because I've just – I get very angry very quickly, but <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I choose not to take it out on my friends is the difference. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> yelling at you guys. I'm just excited. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right, I'm, I'm not mad. No, at I, I mean, you and I were... thank you for recording. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you and I were texting a little bit, Sam. Like, I mean, yeah. I think you got how pissed off I was like, I, you know, yeah. Uh, and I, I agree. got that vibe pretty quick. I think yeah, I, the coaching is a huge problem. And as, so I think, as a Michigan State fan, it's hard for us sometimes to um, to live in the present. So D'Antonio has done great things with this program. Um, you know, great, whatever you want to – I guess you don't have to use that word, whatever word you want to. But I would say great, titles, yeah. I, I, you know, dominating Michigan so far, um, some wins against big teams, blah, blah, blah. Big, so. big Ten championships getting to the yeah. Final yes, Four. yeah. 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 But I think lately it's like, whoa, man, like, hey, we're not the same. This is not the same either Mark Antonio or he doesn't have the talent or he do, whatever, whatever it may be. Yeah, uh, but, but, but how, do we, how do we do that? Because we always what, – what's been the theme the last four years or three years? It's been Lewerke. He's yeah. been the quarterback during this whole stretch where everything's falling apart. So we're putting that on one quarterback. The quarterback it, immediately before him and the three before him – you know, he did – D'Antonio did really good things with those quarterbacks. To me, when I'm watching this game, Lewerke was checking down, and the third check down, he would throw it, and the guy was smothered. And it was, seemed like it was every third down that mattered, every third down that, sure. was, in, that was in the, uh, you know, because in the red zone or, or moving down the field because he moved the ball the whole way, and he was making good throws. I mean, he was. Last year, he couldn't yeah. throw a ball. This year, he can. He has – He can, touchdown. absolutely. He can hit yeah. receivers, and – He's got a really good one, Stewart Jr., by the way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But but he's but every single critical play that was in in the uh you know, the other side of the field across the fifty yard line, it seemed like he was checking down to his third option and it was just this dud of a play. Like even if he would have caught it, it would have gone for three yards or yeah. something. Yeah. I I just think decision making by Lewerke was the issue. And and it probably is something to do with the coaching staff not being creative enough to give him that first option or to the, even the second option that's just wide open, ready to go against a team that they should be beating every time. Yeah. It, 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 sorry, go ahead, Micah. Something I want to point out, too, is that this O-line is a huge red flag. Andrew, they just and lost another starter. They lost another starter. Who was their third string left tackle, I believe? Yeah. Third second or third. Yeah. String. So you're on your – geez, you're going on your fourth O-lineman this season. That is a problem. Basically, yeah, it's a problem, but you ways. should win this game no matter what. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying say, that. <laughs> what did you say, Kyle? I actually don't. I said, <laughs> at this point, I said basically Kenny Willickis has to play both ways. I'm actually loving that idea. That's actually a great idea. The more I'm thinking about this, let's <laughs> just move the, the whole defensive line, flipping them around on offense. And <laughs> offensive the line. Line. Yeah. They would love it. They would just, oh, man. There's no chance maybe, they would maybe, it. maybe for just one half, they would kill it. I know they would. Right. Too good to not. Give them a shot. They'd probably score at least 10 yeah. points. <laughs> then, yeah, I mean, that's doubling your points against 
Yeah. Throw Raekwon Williams at running back. I did score. Yeah. So speaking of, so another thing I wanted to bring up that I, again, coaching is going to be my theme here. I, I think it, and I'm not blaming D'Antonio by the, I'm not, I don't think it's 100% D'Antonio, but it's maybe not 100, but he's the head coach, man. He's the head coach. And he's the reason why these guys are still employed. Yes. He just flip-flopped them all. None of them got fired. They just moved around. He has never fired a coach on his staff. Not Hashtag once. Hashtag too ever loyal. Fired a co- is that true? That is true. Is that an actual stat? Yeah. He has never once fired a coach. Some have left for, like, different jobs. Others have were not renewed, like, coaches. But he has never once fired an assistant coach. And I think that's a problem. And I think state fans should be absolutely pissed about that. Why were there no coaching upgrades? And, look – I, I'm normally one that's like, no, state, you're, you're, you're second tier, or maybe even third tier. Like, you don't deserve better coaching. You don't deserve – like, you can't bring in better coaching. You can't bring in the better recruits. But you guys want to be. And the state of Michigan wants you to be as well. And, look, Michigan State claims they want to be one of those, or those programs that get respected. How many times do you hear, why don't you respect us? Why don't you respect us? Because you don't make changes when you're supposed to. You didn't. You had an opportunity to bring in better coaches to make this offense better. Make this, I mean, make this team better in general. Put it, point it in the right direction, and they didn't do it because D'Antonio is too stubborn and too loyal to make a tough decision, and that is a problem. That's like a Jim Harbaugh way. Jim, well, wait. What do you mean? Too, too loyal. Too See, loyal I, for a size. I and too stubborn. That. Well, I think he's a stubborn uh, SOB. I, I will uh, agree that he's a stubborn SOB. I do not uh, think up, he's too loyal. Up until he made these changes this past year. Okay. Yeah, see, I'm with my, I, this is what I was going to bring up too. Yeah. He is a very stubborn and very loyal individual. Which, but but we're not talking about Michigan. I'm. Yeah. I was just bringing up a, a an analogy. Yeah, I. I, I will disagree with you on that. I don't want to get too far into it, but um, I, I think that was I, I think that is a massive issue that he didn't upgrade his coaching staff. And that's something that I did bring up last week was it's not D'Antonio that's going to be outcoached. It's the coaching staff. And I think that was proven. Let's all agree Sam was right. Can you guys say it together? One. No, I'm totally going with um, Mike on that one. <laughs> 12 man in the field. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, no, honestly, though, moving forward, twelve Michigan – Michigan, <laughs> let's count this week. Yeah, count it. <laughs> no, this week, Michigan State has to make a statement win. Yeah. They can't, they can't win by three. They can't win by seven. They've got to win by double digits. <clears throat> I guess and, it depends on the way you want to look at it. I, it's Northwestern, right? Yeah. No, there's no other way to look at that, Sam. They got to win by double digits. They gotta, For who, though? Winning, winning double digits on the road – in this game, is that going to solve the ASU loss? No, it's not. The, the only thing that's going to save this loss and make this season better is beating Michigan or beating Ohio State. That's not true. They have one loss. I know. But I'm saying, if like, is a double-digit victory against it, Northwestern it, going to make this A-OK? It's a moral victory for the team and the fans, is all I'm saying. is That's, that's a problem, th- then. That is a massive problem. You're saying it's okay to lose the next five games, but as long as you beat Michigan, it's a good – No, that's – no. 
I'm, I'm sorry. He, if I came across that way, that, that's not the way I meant. I'm saying. No, I'm just saying Mike is right. You got to cut. Step no, one. No, they could win process. this game by one. They could win, beat Northwestern by one, and it wouldn't change the season. It depends how they, they win it, though. I mean, if. It, not really, well, though. No, they do. They You're do. talking about the season. Step one, two, turning the season back around is beating Northwestern by double. That's step one. What yeah. else is step one, then? I just think, winning. I think they need to score points. Yeah. They need to win and score points. If, and winning by double digits would mean you're generally putting up some points, right? I think you have to. I'll check I the math, though. I disagree with you guys 10. completely on that. Like, <laughs> why – you just beat Western Michigan, what, 41 to – what was it, 41 to 17? 51 to 17? So you guys won that game big. They're so not, they're not Northwestern, though. This would be up against a legitimate Power 10 or Big 10 opponent that would be where your offense actually worked. It's not just that your guys were just bigger what and stronger. What if it isn't the faster. offense? What if you win 14 nothing on two defensive scores? That's winning by double digits. Are they going that's to Northwestern or are they hosting? They're at Northwestern. See, that, that's why it's big to me. You, I'm not saying it's not a big game. Because then you're handling them. Yes, you are. You're handling them the last time you didn't handle them, right? Did you, you play last, last year? You lost last year 29-19. You lost by double digits. At, at home? That was a statement yeah. loss. And then you lost the year before, didn't you? At Northwestern? Probably. Correct? Yeah. Or did you win? I, I, believe, you, I believe they lost. Okay, so that, I think the combination of all of this, to, in my opinion, that's fine if you disagree with me. I don't care. I'm just saying I feel like it's a big statement game for MSU coming off of a silly loss yeah. to, a, to ASU two years in a row – after blowing out Western Michigan, whether you know MSU fans think they're a good team or a bad team, who cares? They they got their hopes up after a fifty-one point blowout essentially, and then then they got their pants dropped during the ASU game. They've got to go to Northwestern and put up a big game to get that momentum back to their season. If they go out and win 10 to 7, if they go out and win 10 to 7, that means they're still having the same issues, exactly the same issues that That's the they're problem. having right now. Yes. But that doesn't mean their season's lost because they only won by 3 points. No. I'm not saying their season's no, lost. No, we're not saying that. You, you just you just flipped the narrative. They need to fix some problems. Yes, yeah. They're not going to fix problems in this week going into next week. They're going to fix their problems in their one or two bye weeks. They That's could, they fix, could the fix the problems, though, because Lewerke moved the ball. I mean, they moved the ball the whole game. They could, they could move it at will until they needed to score some points. So if they fix it, the problem scoring points, maybe, I don't know, maybe so, just not stalling so on every single drive. we're talking here next week. Say they, say they win 27 to 10. Did they solve all their problems by beating Northwestern 27 to 10? Who lost to Stanford? We're, yeah. <laughs> Thank a you for the face Stanford poll. team. Thank you for the face poll, Micah. Nobody's saying that they solved all their problems. No. We're, they, we're saying make the statement win. I said a statement win with double digits, and that would be yeah. a double-digit win. Yeah, and that's, that's uh, the first step on getting back on the right track. It's not – it doesn't have to be, though, is what I'm saying. It does not matter. As long as they win next week, that's the only thing that matters. No, you said Thinking the only that, thing that matters. You said the only thing that matters is if they beat Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, and then I and then I correct myself. Like just win this game. That's all that matters because if you lose, you're done. Like you, I, 
I understand the your whole losing you're done. I get that, but I'm saying yeah. as far Nobody's as arguing that to carry them into the rest of the season, I think it's important to have a statement when on the road against a team you have had bad luck with. Yeah, you've had trouble with I'm them. Saying, yeah, that's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to argue with you. I am I'm trying to fan. argue with you <laughs> <laughs> because you're doing I a good job. <laughs> do not think what the final score matters. I don't think it matters at all for what this team means because the Spartans are a team that doesn't care about momentum. They don't care about what their record is going into Michigan, Ohio state, Penn state. They don't care any of that. They figure out a way to take a bad football team and be a good football team. They do that no matter what. It doesn't matter what they do against Northwestern as long as they just win and the season doesn't become a big-ass question mark. Now, all of a sudden, that's, they're in. That's speaking from being a Michigan fan, though. because you look. Yeah, at that's your, totally coming from a Michigan Because you're looking at that game on the schedule from Michigan point of view and being like, oh, that's a scary game. What if they put up 24 points? As a Michigan State fan, you need to learn how to score points. You need to Why? Learn. So they can stop looking to football or basketball season already? Yes, exactly. That's the reason. They so they can, are. they can worry about this season still. One loss, if they go out and learn how to score. And that's you, the problem with state fans. Is no, 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 If no. they win by one oh, point. We're turning this into a that's no, the problem that, with no, state fans. Because if they win by one point you guys, you or 20 stop point, recording now. You just alienated no, 50% if, of our audience. If they win by one point or 20 points, that's all that matters in this game. It does not matter. Fan, that does not matter to me. As a state fan, you are incorrect. Really? Okay, hold yes, on. I want them to win. You want by them to win, win big. Game. That's what they have yes. to do. To that's keep that's their what interest. I want them to do. Yeah, well, yeah. We always want them to do more. Of yeah, course, we want our teams to win big. Like that's the easy thing to say. But I'm saying, if they win by one or they win by twenty, it's one win okay, on the okay. road. That's all that matters. But let's let's look at this from the Detroit Lions' point of view because we just had a game where the Lions won thirteen to ten, and we have half of Lions fans that don't believe in this team at all, even though they're undefeated. They don't believe them at all. They're like almost pissed off that they have to keep watching the games because they pulled out a victory. Oh, they should have lost that one. Like that's the attitude of a lot of people out there. If they would have won 35 to seven, we would have been sitting here talking about how awesome they looked against a good Chargers team. That's, that's what we're looking for for Michigan State. And that's what I'm saying Michigan State fans should be is they should be investing in this team because this defense is legitimate they can beat anybody with this defense that's that true. winning by one point is just as valuable as winning by 20 points because let's face it this committee is going to always look at the loss to arizona state it doesn't matter if they lose one more game they're like kiss the playoff chances goodbye. well well style points obviously do matter not in michigan state's case at this point well, yeah, maybe not in Michigan State's case, but... And that's what I'm saying. Style points do not matter for Michigan State. That's what I'm saying. So you're saying they get respected well from the committee, right? No, no. matter what. No. So agree to disagree when in Rome? I'm saying just <laughs> win. <laughs> I'm saying just win. And, you're saying that and you guys are saying win big or... As a state fan, I'm saying I want to win big. And, yes, and that's, what, that's what I'm asking the Spartan here is... How important is it for them to win big? Yes, it's important. I want to see a bounce back. I want to see them be angry about what happened last week. Because that worked out really good for you guys after the Tulsa game. You want to see a big victory, and you got it. And then what would you get? Crap. That made no difference. It would be completely it doesn't different. Ma- it, it, you still want it, though. It doesn't Just because it didn't I work know, one time. But I'm you're, saying just win. 
Who cares how you do at this point? Just win. Michigan. And I'm just saying, as a state fan, I want a big win. Right. Yeah. Michigan's two and zero, and we're we're we last week we were talking about a possible quarterback change. So the way you win does matter. Yes. It's getting heated. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to take a little drink here. It's about that time. I know I'm the issue tonight, guys, just so you know. I am going to apologize at the end. At the end. All the way to the end. I want, I want it to be heartfelt, though. I need heart. No, it, it will be. Like, okay. I, I think it's a fair I'm statement. <laughs> I could cry. I think it's a fair statement to say that the state of Michigan had kicking problems. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. All right. So, so let's true. Just, so true. Let's jump into Michigan State Northwestern since we already kind of started. Um, <laughs> which Spartans yeah. will show up? Is <laughs> I don't. I feel we bad. already did this. <laughs> we already did this. I know yeah. we did. But <laughs> Sam has to have a statement win. Sam says a statement win is worthless. The rest of us know that it, it is not worthless. Correct. I, I didn't say it wasn't worthless. We are going to put a poll up, and this is did happening. You just say, did you just say I didn't yeah. say it wasn't worthless? I feel like we should play it's the last triple negative. The last I'm triple saying negative. it doesn't matter, and you guys should focus on just winning, not winning big is what I'm saying. Ugh. All right. Well, let's move on to Michigan and Wisconsin then. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, you never know what I'm going to say. Let's do that. <laughs> All right. So both teams are 2-0. Both teams coming off a bye. Currently, Wisconsin is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. And at Camp Randall, that's pretty much all it takes. You know, when you're home, that's usually worth three. But Camp Randall, I think, should be worth about three-and-a-half. So Vegas tells us they're very similar teams, very similar matchup here, very even match. Um, Micah, how, how, what's your gut tell you going into this game? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's basically what my gut's telling me. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I felt so confident going into this season, particularly, I think a lot of us did. And a, a lot of that has been kind of drawn back. And I think most of you guys would agree. I think most of the listeners would agree. And I think it's really going to come down to can Jonathan Taylor succeed this weekend? And can our defense really be that defense we've been seeing and continue to do what they do? And can the offense have a pulse with no turnovers? If that's the case, I'm going to feel outstanding. Yeah. Turnovers. Absolutely. Turnovers it, is a huge It has key. to stop. We've been so sloppy with the stop. ball. Fumbles have been unbe- unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it for the first What's two the, games. Uh, who's the offensive coordinator? Oh, sorry, I'm drawing a blank. Josh Gaddis. Gaddis. Yeah, Gaddis. Um, Josh Speed and Space Gaddis. Speed and Space. <laughs> now, he <laughs> has promised that they were going to solve that. What do you say? Like, we're going to fix that. We're fixing that in the bye week. Yeah. We've I, seen a little bit Sam, of it. Sam, Sam, what do you think, buddy? I'm very nervous for this game. <laughs> I'm very, very nervous. So, all right, so the way I look at it, so I think Vegas really tells us a lot. They, they are in a waiting period as well, just like Michigan fans, just like Wisconsin fans. We've seen Wisconsin show an awful lot against bad teams. They have. Mm-hmm. The, where Michigan, on the other hand, has showed basically nothing to get excited about against bad teams. And then 
average team. Is that fair to yeah, say decent, about Army? Pretty good team. Decent. It, it really just comes down to Michigan. It, it really does. I think Michigan's the better team. I think Michigan's deeper. I think we knew that coming into the season. But then you look at what Wisconsin has done, and it looks like we were sleeping on them a bit. I think a lot of people were very low on what Wisconsin was going to bring this year. But at the same time, it's two very bad opponents. What was it? UNLV and then uh, – shoot, I have it somewhere on my list, but my handwriting's so bad. But they, they just weren't good teams that they played. So is it really that exciting? They're probably sitting there thinking the same thing we are. Is It's a big wait and see. What are they going to do against a, a good team? Um, you know, one thing I think is going to be interesting is, is like, like Micah said, Jonathan Taylor. Last year, Devin Bush was the reason why he was contained. I don't remember his numbers, but yeah. they contained him for, for the most part, and he was the reason. Who is going to be that person to step up? Do you have – I mean, it's got to be Hudson, right? Hudson, I think there's going to be a combination of him and Jordan Glasgow, actually, someone that we did not bring up uh, on our college preview. Um, Jordan Glasgow is going to be a huge piece – and the the defensive line is got to step up. Yeah. Do you, do you say Glassnow? Do you say Glassnow mainly because he's he's more of a veteran on this on this defense? He's a veteran. I think he's a fifth year senior. I cannot remember he, if he's, he's fifth year. A, he's been a difference maker so far. That's why you bring and him up. And he has been a difference maker. He's kind of been working his way through the ranks, kind of like a Chase Winovich. Yeah. Okay. Started off no name type of guy. But he, I mean, he's of the Glasgow family. Everyone knows the Glasgow's. Especially Lions fans. Football in the blood, right? Um, but I think he's got to have a big game. He's got to have a good game. Khalid Hudson's got to have a good game, like Sam mentioned. Yeah. Defensive line has to have a good game. Yeah, that's, see, that's my key to this whole thing is we got to have a defensive line that fills gaps and, and takes on bodies. Because part of the reason why um, – part of the reason why he was able to be contained last year is because our linebackers were running free. They could do whatever they want and they could hit gaps. But if, if that's because our defensive linemen were, were taking up two guys, they were taking up one or two guys and filling gaps the whole time. And so far, I mean, against army army is a tough cover, but I didn't really see the interior linemen actually, you know, driving forward at all. I, I saw them kind of getting handled one-on-one and that didn't make me feel very good. Right. I think that's a big key for this is let's look and see what the, the defensive line can do against a, a legitimate offensive line in Wisconsin and a legitimate running back. Yeah. And, and, it, and then try to let our, our linebackers actually take over the game and, and contain them. And I think it's important, too, to really seal that edge as well because Jonathan Taylor is a very dynamic running back. Might not be a Saquon Barkley, but – Damn, he is he is close. He is yeah. a very good runner. Yeah, absolutely. He's a Heisman hopeful. He is, yeah. And even if he doesn't win the Heisman, he's still very good at what he does. Michigan has to seal that edge, and that's that, that's just kind of an ode to how good Jonathan Taylor can be. Is <laughs> the linebackers have to be good? The defense the line has to be good. Yep. Everything on the defense has got to be finely tuned for this type of game, which especially also, away. Yeah. Which also means our cornerbacks have to be able to line up one-on-one with their wide receivers so that our 100%. safeties and linebackers can run free and, again, contain 
their biggest weapon on offense, John, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure how much of a threat their QB is. I don't have his numbers out in front of me, but I think he came from uh, – That's a good question. What was it, Clemson? Yeah, I I couldn't Shoot. I couldn't say so I'm not have gonna... to look that up. But you know, I, I you know you guys mentioned the defense. I think that's that's obviously key when you have you know the best player on the field is is definitely going to be Jonathan Taylor, right? So that challenges the defense. I I, I mean Wisconsin hasn't allowed a touchdown again. Bad opponents, but this offense with the massive question marks that we've had week one and week two. That's that's what I want to lean on. Is I want to look at you know is the speed and space going to be fixed? Is this offense going to be, you know, dynamic? Uh, how how are they going to expose this Wisconsin defense, who's always known to have a good defense? And man, if you fall behind against this team, you are in absolute trouble. Right? I, I can tell you though, I early on in the year, uh, a week three bye was kind of. I don't know, kind of iffy. It was it was very nice. At yeah, this point. but man, at this point, <laughs> I'm so glad that we had a bye week going into this Wisconsin game after the showing that we had against Army. I mean, that couldn't have come at a better time. Let's let this offense, I don't know, just work out their issues, talk to each other, and feel good, yeah. confident going into this. One. And hopefully, Peoples Jones gets healthy for this game. I haven't heard a whole lot. Micah, you usually keep a better ear on that than than I do. Have you heard anything about Peoples Jones at all? Like, is he is he playing? It- it's still up in the air right now. I looked it up today, just being an eager Michigan fan. It's it's still up in the air, apparently. And I, I think it is very important, you know, just as Sam mentioned and thinks, it's, he's an instrumental piece to this offense. I mean, yeah. to an offense that seems to lack, he, he needs to be out there come <laughs> this weekend because this is Big Ten play. This is where the rubber meets the road. Things have to happen. Yeah, yeah. Another thing that I that I put down that I think is very important for this matchup is the special teams. They have to be flawless in what they do. Um, you can't have a, you can't come up empty in any scoring situation. You can't have any fumbles on punts. You gotta you gotta like nothing crazy. No, Kyle's just just got excited when I said punt. So <laughs> did you say punt fumble? <laughs> it, it it's got to be as close to mistake free football this weekend as possible. Yeah, it, it really does. It's going to be, you know, eye opening for for one of these programs. I think because I think Michigan could very well be the team that gets humbled this week, but I I could also see them proving. The way that they're, you know, what this the type of season that that we're all expecting, very quickly. Michigan has better recruits. They have their. They should have the better athletes. We should have the guys who can go out there and physically match up with every single one of those guys at Wisconsin, and beat them on the line and and do all the things that they were recruited to do. Mm. So I I also think. It could – it just depends on, on the coaching staff. I really am going to put this week on the coaching staff because they have the bye week going into it, and they can turn all of this week one and week two kind of middling, you know, not very good football. We could turn this into ammo and drive home the point that, no, you do hold on to the football. That's, that's your number one goal. That's your number one job. You hold on to the football. That is huge. And then also you are all now disrespected. Nobody thinks you guys are any good. 
you guys came in as like the underdog favorites kind of, uh, you know, behind Ohio state for the big 10 championship. And now nobody thinks you're going to win it because you've been throwing away these games. Yeah. I, if they can work that into a motivational Avenue, I, I don't know. I'm actually kind of hopeful for this. That's probably my fandom coming out, but I feel good about this game. I want to, I want to see those big time guys that I know are big time come out and have a good game. And I think they will. Yeah, exactly. Including Shea. So Jack Cohn is the QB from Wisconsin. And I want to correct myself. I made a mistake. He is definitely not a transfer. He's, he's a true blue type of Wisconsin guy. I I got mixed up with the guy from Northwestern. Oh yeah. The guy, he transferred from Clemson. From Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, that's cool. Um, Kyle, do you have any feels, feels on that? Uh, from the casual fan, the casual observer, they are not going to go to Wisconsin and win if it's the same team that we saw the last two games. Will not happen. They yeah. will they will get a ton of points hung on them, I think. And um but I but they have the talent. They ha- I, I think it's just about keeping or sticking to what they said they were gonna do and don't and actually do it now and less the turnovers. And I think they can win. I do. Yeah. It'll, it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. Noon, noon game. So that'll be, that'll be fun to get it done and over with. And then. <laughs> so, so it looks like Wisconsin has a fairly balanced offense. Jack can seemingly throw the ball against what well, seems to be bad teams. And Jonathan Taylor can still run. Imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be, you know, I think Ryan Ryan really nailed it with the coaching staff here. I mean, you're coming on a bye. And it, this is your chance. You should be ready for this team. You should be ready for everything that throws that they throw at you. You should be able to find a way to confuse what is he a freshman quarterback? Freshman starting. Uh, he's his a first ju- year starting, but he's a junior. Yes. So, I mean, you still should be able to confuse this guy. And they're going to come in ready to, ready to run that ball, control the clock. You should be able to take that away. So, let's Well, hope. he he pushed Hornybrook out. That's right, he did. I forgot you know, about that. Hornybrook went to Florida State. and He was, was a real business. winner. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they had him. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, before we get into our picks, Kyle, I need you to look into the camera. Yeah. I want to say I'm sorry. Oh, it feels so good. Ryan, I'm sorry. I got angry. Micah, I'm sorry. I got angry. So heartfelt. I thought he wasn't going to apologize to me, and he was arguing with me the most. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> no, he was totally. <laughs> I'm not sorry for arguing. I'm sorry for the way I argued. That's what I expected. Okay, okay fair enough. There it is. I think as a collective, as the state of MI Sports – I think we can accept this apology. Yeah. Uh, no tears. I'll just but, verify that. But uh, yes. Okay. I would have. I would have really liked some tears. We, but, can, we can accept it. Accept it on two thirds. Two thirds. Yeah. I do feel bad. I do feel bad. I even swore, and I, I usually do a pretty good job not swearing. We're gonna have that little e on our podcast this yeah, week. There it is. <laughs> Explicit. Explicit. <laughs> All right, are we good to do the picks? Let's do it. You guys good? Yeah. Should I strike up the music then? Strike it up. Do the music, man. All right, let me wet my tears. Strike it up. Here we go. All right, so 
coming into, I think this is our fourth week doing this, right? Because we started with college. Week four, I have a one-game lead on Kyle. Kyle has a one-game lead on Micah and Ryan. I went three for three and two last week. Kyle went two and three. Micah and Ryan went one and four. We're not very good at this, but we're going to get better. We're Ooh. learning. One and four? Yeah. yeah That's not good. I'm in so, second place. I love it. Yeah. So Shut we'll strike. The music's already going, so we'll just jump right in. We got Auburn at Texas A&M. Auburn is actually plus four on the road at Texas A&M. Micah, who do you have for that one? My gut wants to go A&M, but I think I'm just going to go Auburn. I think Auburn's just going to wax them. All right, Kyle, what about you? Auburn, absolutely. I'm thinking about switching my pick now that you guys went Auburn because you guys went one and four last week. So. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> right, Fair. Uh, Auburn, let's do it. <laughs> we'll all fail together. <laughs> I'm actually going – no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to switch my pick. I, I got Auburn covering and actually winning that game. I think they're the best. I think Auburn team. wins it too. They're, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna show them. So can I change? Already? I'm gonna change one of my picks right now. Oh, okay. Before we do it, and then we're gonna. I wouldn't mind changing mine to Texas and that. I wouldn't either, but I'm not going to. <laughs> okay. I will, I feel I like at some at some point, Sam has to pick first. You yeah. want me to pick first? I'll pick. My mine are written down, dude. Like yeah, but I can't pick. see that. I'm not there. All yeah, right. dude. All right, dude. So I'm gonna go first this week. Or this match. I'll, I'll go first the rest of the week, all right? Or rest, yeah, rest of the picks here. Rest of the matches. Rest of the matches. Notre Dame <laughs> at Georgia. Georgia Matching. is minus. The, the sports matches. <laughs> Are we playing soccer here? <laughs> Speaking your language now. All right. Yeah. Georgia is minus 13 and a half home against Notre Dame. I am going to go Georgia because I heard a stat. You know, I had Notre Dame, and then I just switched it because I heard something that Georgia has like a 60-pound per person line like like they average Notre Dame's offensive and defensive line by 60 pounds per person or oh. something crazy like that. So I'm I'm going Georgia. They're gonna dominate. Bigger is not always better, Samuel. <laughs> I keep telling myself that all the time. Micah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who do you got? Georgia or Notre Dame? I gotta go Georgia on this one. As much as I hate the freaking SEC. It, it's it's just going to be Georgia. I'm regretting my my switch. All right, Kyle, what about you? Uh, Georgia, oh, because no. Sam is always worried about the Notre Dame, you know, Michigan game. I I don't think Notre Dame's that good. Georgia. Ryan. Well, I'm going to go Georgia as well. Oh no! I just it's, think they're better. I literally crossed it out. You see that I crossed out? Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Well, I went Georgia. We already know that. All right. Michigan at Wisconsin. Michigan is plus three and a half, and I'm going to take Michigan plus three and a half, saying it's going to be a close game. Whoever has the ball less is going to win, but they're going to cover at least. Micah, who do you have? Crossing my fingers, and I'm going with Michigan, baby. All right. What about you, Kyle? (laughs) I am going to take Wisconsin. Dirtbag. Ryan? I I, I just can't. (laughs) <laughs> I can't be a dirtbag. I got to go Michigan. Yeah, that's fair. All right. This is a tough one, though. I mean, really, it is. The, the, it is the, tough. It is. But three and a half points, it, that's an awful lot for Michigan. Yeah. They could just I, I think Wisconsin wins by a touchdown. Hope you're wrong. All right, Mike. Michigan State at – wait, no, I'm going first. Michigan State at Northwestern. Michigan State is minus 
nine. I'm going to say Northwestern covers the nine. <laughs> Can MSU even score nine points? That's my question. That's hurtful. Hurtful. So, Micah, what about you? Michigan State or Northwestern? Northwestern in a heartbeat. Michigan State has not proved anything to me this year, and they haven't proved anything to me playing Northwestern in the past few years, to be honest. All right, Kyle, what about you? Minus nine? Uh, Michigan State, because Michigan State is going to go every other game on good offensive performances. That's sound, that sound logic. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Who do they have next week? There are no flaws in that kind <laughs> of logic. I'm going to put money on next week. Right. Micah, Micah's <laughs> checking how many games until Michigan. Like, <laughs> oh, we're good. Yeah, we got that one. <laughs> Ryan, what about you? Uh, also based on the every other, um, no, not at all. <laughs> Northwest. Northwest. All right. I give the stupidest reasons why. Because <laughs> of their colors, of course. <laughs> Same colors every week almost. Green trumps purple. <laughs> Everybody knows that. <laughs> all right, so the last game of the week, we got the Lions at the Eagles. Lions are getting plus seven. I don't see the Lions getting exposed i don't see them getting blown out most of this season so i'm gonna have them covering the seven points micah what about you i'm gonna go with the lions kyle lions for the win hey oh i love it i love it i love it brian what about you yeah lions here too you got them covering, or you gonna go? I'm, I have the Lions winning this one. Yeah. I don't yes. think I don't think the Eagles have enough firepower, man. Yeah, I put just cover, but I could see them winning this game. I really, truly could. Um, but I'm a Lions fan. I see that every week. So. Plus, the Lions are undefeated. We're on our way. That's true. We're on our way to a 15-0-1 season. How about that? If if they went on strike right now, we could end this season undefeated. Or eight zero and eight. That's a great idea, Kyle. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Undefeated season. <laughs> Just call it quits. Raise a banner for that for sure. Yeah, that'd be game. Yeah, yeah, sure. We need we need a banner at yeah. least. Yeah. Well, they took down the playoff banners finally. So. <laughs> Turn off the music already. Jeez. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, episode twenty-one, and I got a little heated there. And again, I apologize. No bad. But we do got to do beer grades as well. Kyle, what, what did you drink? And what's your grade? Electron Brown Espresso Bean Double Brown Ale. That's a long name from Old Nation. Um, it was good. It is not my style of beer, uh, which is probably not making this a fair review, I suppose. Um, 6.1. Okay. So is there caffeine in that? I, there has to be some. It says it's, you, it's a ton of espresso flavor in it. Um, well, it has and I to be like... Real espresso, right? I think so. And I love – I'm a big coffee drinker, but um, – Like, I'd be nervous oh, drinking I, that this late at night not being able to fall asleep. Oh. I, I actually – are you? <laughs> I actually almost are you got – I almost got an espresso beer tonight for this, too. And, you had and the same worry as me? I actually did. <laughs> Thank you. And I thought to myself, how old are you? <laughs> When my head hits the pillow, I'm donezo. I got a clear conscience. I don't think about anything. I'm just done. I I, I measure the way I fall asleep by office episodes. So I'm if gonna... I get for like three and a half, that was a pretty good night. Like I, I fell asleep pretty quick. <laughs> I did. I just finished last weekend watching it for like the seventh time. 
<laughs> so let me ask you, did you actually watch the whole thing or did you cut oh. it off after Michael left? Nope. The whole thing minus really? one episode, Scott's Tots. Oh, I just watched that one. <laughs> oh it's the worst. I can't. Oh, it's, too much. it's too Such much. Awkward episode. It's okay. so awkward. It's too much. <laughs> Here's a battery. <laughs> <laughs> that episode is so cringeworthy. Oh, my God. Oh, that it one, it, why, what are you, we're just moving on to grades. Yeah, this so, could, yeah, get, sorry. This could get long. Yeah, yeah, we could go. Ryan, save us here. Tell us what you're drinking. Uh, Blackberry IPA from Perrin Brewing Company. Um, probably one of the easiest beers to drink that I can even remember. I don't know. I, um, I'm going to give this a really good grade. I really liked it. It's sweet, but it's not too sweet. I'm going to go... I'm just stalling because I'm trying to think of a, a, the right grade. It's between 1 and 10. It's only one in ten. Okay, um, <laughs> eight, seven. Nice. That's woo. That's high. Oh, that, oh, that is like, high. I like how you said it's easy to drink. I don't think I've had a parent beer that I wasn't easy to drink. That's true. Like, yeah, that is one thing they do really well. I would agree. And beer. I almost, I they almost do beer well. They yeah. do beer. Beer, yeah. beer is I almost, good. I almost went with just standard black. Today, and I and I decided to pick this one up. I'm glad I did. Yeah. All right. Micah, what are you drinking? Little Wookie IPA from Arvon Brewing Company. It's a West Coast style IPA hopped with Columbus Simcoe. Wait a second. Uh-oh. What? Simcoe hops. Hold on. Columbus? Oh, no. I can't do this. <laughs> I'm done. Did that just I happen? Quit. <laughs> Columbus. Who names a hop Columbus. Chris, Get out of maybe? here. Christopher did, yeah. No. <laughs> Chris, yeah. Chris did not. Christopher Columbus. I go <laughs> straight to that garbage state below us. That's that's awful. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Columbus, Simcoe, and Chinook. That's just disappointing. No. <laughs> the beer is good. The beer is really good. I like it better than Bushwookie. Bushwookie had kind of a kind of like a a weird sweet taste to it that I didn't yeah. care for very much. So little Wookiee is better than Bush Wookiee in my opinion. I'm gonna go little Wookiee with a 8.8. Oh, nice. So I am drinking the Manistee. It's a New England style IPA from Arvon. Um, the Manistee is a, like I said, New England style, packed full of mosaic and amarillo hops. Always with the mosaic. Yeah. As long as gotta have mosaic, we're good. <laughs> Hulk, jeez, oh, beats. <laughs> Sorry it's about that. cracking cans over there. <laughs> Sorry. The glasses fell off. Sorry. I'm going to go yeah. with an 8.5. Ooh, that's still high, too. I got to get some Arvon. I don't. Yes, you do. Dude, you're Michael, messing it up, you, man. Where do you find it? You only get, I feel like I asked this last week. I'm sorry, yeah. but where else, where else do you get it? <laughs> At Arvon. You go back to listen to the podcast. And it- <laughs> yeah, I actually listened to an episode. Uh, <laughs> I know Micah it. said Celiano's, <clears throat> but I don't like to go there because they're um, snobs and they make me feel like I don't They made me feel yeah. So you can go right to Arvon. Arvon, they're literally downtown Granville. There's not much of a down in the industrial park. Mm. And you can go pick up their stuff every Saturday that they have a release. They don't have a release every Saturday, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But it, it seems like an every other week thing. Yeah, so it's kind of like Michigan State's offense. Mm-hmm. Show up every every other week, like Perfect. you mentioned. <laughs> Good one. That was your joke, Kyle. I was just <laughs> That's, true. That's true. You yeah. said it, right? 
It's different coming from me than it is from you. Okay? Yeah, it's true. All right. Still sensitive to the earlier. Huh, typical yeah. Michigan fan. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you can't, like you can't, you know, say things about my kids that I would say about my kids. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> um, when do you know when the next can release is? I would assume. Uh, I would assume next Saturday. They might have one this Saturday, though. It depends on. We gotta meet up. We gotta meet up over there. Let's do it. Let's yeah. Do it. I'm game. Micah, look it up on the Instagram. I could do that. We know Micah's game. He owns the place. So yeah, he's that's why yeah, he's I'm like, so oh. confused why you had Columbus. Yeah, <laughs> to text somebody place. like send out alert for this week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> State of MI Sports will be coming. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got to pretend this was planned already. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Again, Kyle. I'm sorry, Micah. I'm sorry. Ryan, I am sorry. I got – I became someone I didn't want to become. But We all know that person. Kids will okay. do that to you when you spend <laughs> money yeah, <laughs> in Mackinac Island. But. I'm going to cry myself <laughs> to sleep tonight. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening, and thank you guys for recording. I really always appreciate you guys recording with me. So um, we'll talk to you next week, if not sooner. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Peace. We were youngsters on the dungeon. Now we are stone mines full of jungles. But I feel your heart beat just like mine. I feel your heart When we fall down into that night, focus on what you feel.